Grace and peace, everybody. This is Pastor Nathan Brozier, and you are joining us once again on Bridging the Gap. And I have a special guest with me today, a friend now, I believe, for almost eight years now. And uh, his, I have with me evangelist Derek Pitts. Hey, hey, hey. Grace and peace from the beautiful country of Belize, man. It's so nice to be here with you. Um, today, Nathan. You know, we don't have the palm trees like you guys have. We don't have that tropical air that you live with 12 months out of the year. <laughs> but we're so glad you, you come and graced us in the beautiful state of Indiana. Man, trying to adapt to this weather so much. <laughs> like, it's, it's giving me the chills just thinking about it. <laughs> well, at least you're in the decent time of the year. Yep, it's not yep, like it yep. was. It's, it's indeed a foot of snow on indeed, the ground. So. Indeed, indeed. But I'm excited. Today I want to talk to you uh, a little bit about, we're going we're gonna to kind of dive into the world of evangelist Derek Pitts, learn a little bit about what God is doing with you or how he's using you in the country of Belize. Awesome. And uh, last week awesome. we had Pastor Jimmy Justice, who is also from Belize, but down in the Punta Gorda, yep. the Toledo district, which you know well. Actually, me and you were introduced yep. By Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy was yep. the mediator. So our friendship, our connection, your connection with Bishop O'Neill now, yep. all comes due to Jimmy. Yep. So Jimmy, there's your props. We give you, we give you <laughs> thank props you, for thank the friendship. You. And so today, I want to introduce you to my audience for the first time. Evangelist Derek Pitts from Belmopan, Belize. Now, I met Derek, I believe, to, in 2013. There was an immediate connection with you and my spirit. Correct. Me and him were doing a youth worship service, a youth uh, gathering, and there was just something about this young man who had so much energy and so much excitement when he was preaching that I was immediately attracted to the spirit that you had on you. And, and you know, tell our viewers a little bit about your upbringing and how did you get to that place when I met you in 2013? Well, um, you know, that, that was an awesome time that, you know, both of us, you know, God was just, we didn't even know each other yeah. and the way that the spirit was flowing that night, we could have easily connect and, yeah. and did that, that youth service. But, you know, my heart has always been for young people, mm -hmm. you know, growing up, um, on the South side of Belize city, mm -hmm. um, you know, pretty much by, on my own, you know, not having my dad died when I was 12 years old. Prior to that, my mom went to the States when I was 10 years old. So I pretty much was left in the care of my older brothers, you know, and they, they were pretty much involved in, in, in gangs, selling drugs and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so they had me as their little transporter, you know, mm -hmm. so I would be transporting the drugs from one block to the next. And at that time, police wouldn't stop me because I was this so young, young little yeah. boy with my school bag, but they didn't know I was carrying, like, you know, like 10 pounds of marijuana in one of those bags, yeah. you know. Um, and more and more I got into that, um, you know, and then when I didn't want to do it for my brothers, you know, he, he they would beat me so bad that the neighbor would have to call police wow. to come and stop them. And so I moved out at age 14, start renting my own apartment, my goodness. you know, um, $25 U.S. every week I had to pay. Um, you might say, but there, how did you do that? Well, I start doing what I was taught. I start mm. I start selling drugs on the block. Um, you know, the the upper in the gang start ha allowing me to hold their guns and that kind of thing. And before you know it, I was involved in the gang. And then to add to that, my mom had three younger siblings that wasn't um, from my dad. So these were these were from the next okay. guy. So when she left, she left them in the care of him. Mm -hmm. um, and one day, all three of them came knocking on my little apartment, a one-bedroom apartment. And How I was, old were you at that time? At this time, I was. This is all of this happened between age fourteen and sixteen. Okay. 
Um, so they came knocking on my door and said, hey, um, our dad don't want us home anymore. Well, I said, well, you guys are going back to your dad today because I don't know how I'll take care of you guys. My mom was in L.A. picking up cans and bottles to make her ends meet. So there was no way that she could have, you know, take mm -hmm. care of us. So I took them back. Come to find out this guy had a next woman that didn't want the kids. Mm -hmm. um, so I brought them back, start taking care of them. And I didn't want my sister to see my younger sister to see the life that I was living. And so we, we went to the church, and one of the reasons we went to the church was because they were giving out food and, and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I went to the church because they were helping us. And before you know it, I was involved. I, I was in the ministry. Um, I, I mean, a, tra a crazy transition because most of the time, transitioning from the gang to something else is, is hard. Yeah. But I, I, it, it happened so settled. Like God just was weaving me in that, you know, I joined the drama group without saying, Lord, here I am. Mm. <laughs> or here, here is my life. I, it was actually on a mission trip. Um, that I got saved and I knew that I was called. The, wow. You know, I got baptized in the spirit. And the next thing you know, from there on, I decided to say, this is the life that I want to live. Um, and so I gave up, I gave up that gang life. I gave, I gave it up. Yes, it was a little bit challenging because I was picked on a lot mm -hmm. now and that kind of stuff. But I got involved in the church and, and I want, I had that passion inside of me. Right, right. I, I, it's, 17, you know, 18, I decide, this is my life. I called my mom. I said, this is the life. I, I'm not your lawyer. I'm not your doctor. I am a minister of the gospel. I had made up my mind that I'll, I'll do full-time ministry right then and there. And, and my heart was to see other young men that, that I grew up with that was going to either six feet under or going to the prison. I mm -hmm. wanted to share this love that I have for them. I wanted to share this gospel with them. And so I was known as a little wild evangelist running around at every opportunity. I was at schools. I was at, at the youth prison, and I could have called out some of my friends by name. Wow. And that's how I got to come. Um, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy saw what we were doing, heard me preach before, and he's like, man, Derek, I want you to come and, and share at that youth conference. And I mean, I, I showed up, you know, and so wow. that's how we, that's from where I was to where um, I got when I met you. Okay. And, and that, a lot of what you saw was just me inside saying that I don't want a next person to mm. go through, a next young person to go through what I have been through, um, living a life without purpose, not knowing, um, you know, what God have created them to be. And then you're, you're being surrounded by so much lies. And so I, every time I got the opportunity to speak to young people, I wanted them to hear my heart. And I, I, I left everything. Yeah. There, you know, I, I I didn't want to hold no regrets wow. when I finished preaching. That's interesting because when Pastor Jimmy was introducing you to me, he said, "Nathan, you're gonna love this guy. He's got such a fervent prayer life. He loves to. He has such a passion and a desire for children and teens. And so he said, you're gonna immediately love this guy. Yeah. And so I definitely can sense it on you that God has put passion into you. I was thinking as you was telling your story, uh, do you remember specifically a moment? Was there a moment that you can remember when you were going to church that God began to just start pulling on your heart? Man, uh, actually, I could remember it was a service um, whereby, you know, the pastor was preaching about uh, a father that loves the fatherless. Mm. And, you know, I always wanted my dad. My dad died, and I, I, I kid you not, Nathan, I, I went to the burial ground, and I didn't even shed a tear wow. because I didn't know the guy. Oh, wow. I, I knew him as a business partner. Sure. Because when he came back around, both of us were in business. We were selling stuff. Oh. to suffice the family. So he was my business partner. And, and wow. 
you know, so when he died, I, I didn't even shed a tear because I didn't know him. So when I went to church and I heard about a father that loves the fatherless, I wanted to know more about this man. That was the reason I joined the gang was because I was looking for mm. acceptance. I was looking for somebody that, that could role model what it means to be sure. a man. And, and, you know, they were showing me all the wrong way. But when I heard about this man that loves the fatherless and, and he will be a father to the fatherless. I wanted to know him more and more. And the more and more I get to know him, my first, my first verse that I remember, Nathan, that, 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 that sticks with me even up to now is in, is in Psalms chapter 1 where he says, Today you have become my son, I have become your father. Mm. Ask of me and I will give to you the ends of the earth as your inheritance and your great position. That right there was all that I need. Wow. to continue through life because I have become his son. He has become my father. Not only that, but whatever I need on earth, he's going to provide. So I don't mm. need to sell drugs no more. I don't need to be involved in this gang anymore. And, and that, you know, gave me assurance that I could serve him my entire life and he'll take care of me. That is, you know, that's powerful, man. Yeah. That is so powerful. Well, growing up on the rough side of Belize, I believe it was the south side. The south side the of south Belize side City. The south side of Belize City. And, and having to take care of yourself at a young age that you did. And did you ever imagine yourself being in the position you are today? Man, if, if you would ask anybody, my teachers, if you would ask any of my teachers or anybody that knew Papa T, because that, was, that mm -hmm. was my street name, Papa T, they would tell you they would never believe that I would be at the place that I'm at. That I, sometimes I have to pinch myself, Nathan. Wow. You know, just being here right now speaking on your podcast, mm -hmm. I consider this a miracle. Wow. You know, um, I, there are multiple times that I could have lost my life in some bad transaction, you know, robbing the local stores. And I, I always reflect, if, what if I was caught? My goodness, yeah. Because these guys were carrying, they were carrying, they, sure. they, they, they would have liked me up, yeah. you know? Um, so just being here, so I would have never believed. My, my destiny at the time was either prison or six feet under. Man. And, and to see God bring me to the place that I am at today, I am humble. That's awesome. You know, um, so I would not, so to, the, to answer your question in short, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's the truth. I, I, I feel it too for you. Well, now many people don't know this about you. Maybe some do, but you are now married and Correct. have a beautiful three-year-old yes. daughter. <laughs> How much help and influence have they had on your ministry of God's Care Outreach? Man, you know, um, the, you know, when I, when I, when I was in the world, one thing that I, 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 you know, the enemy used to whisper in my ears because my, my older brothers didn't have kids. Mm. And so I pretty much, the enemy would speak in my ears and say, you're not going to have a family. Mm. You're, you're not going to have a wife. And then when I got my wife, he started saying, you're not going to have kids. And so to have my wife is, is, I call it grace. I always tell people when I introduce my wife, I said, this is because God had grace on me. Wow. He gave me what I did not deserve. He gave me my wife, and I mean, she has been, I, I, I'm the rabbit. I'll, I'll hop all over the place, but she is the turtle. She is steady. So whenever I, I, I get out of whack, she reminds me, here is the trail, honey. Right, come back. Right, so come she, gives back. Me, she gives me that support. That's she awesome. gives me that support, um, you know, to come home, to know that she is there, to just be my friend. I, I could take off this pastoral mm. robe. I could take off this ministerial appearance, you know, and I could, just, I could just sit with my girl. I could just talk. I could tell her things that I might not tell you, Nathan. That's right. You know, and I know she has my back. You know, and then when I have my, when, when God blessed me with my baby, I start looking for name, and I came up with Hannah. 
Why did I come up with Hannah? Because Hannah means favor. Mm. The Lord favored me despite my enemy telling me that I wasn't going to have a child. You know, um, and so my little girl now, I tell everyone, she will keep me before the cross. She, I, I, every day I will have to go before the cross for the Lord to give me direction because I want her to walk in the fullness That's of God. Awesome. You know, so um, they have been a huge, huge blessing, a huge yeah. blessing in my life. Well, it's much needed. I mean, some people don't realize that side of it all. They, they want to imagine that all pastors, evangelists, preachers, and teachers, whatever, are always supposed to be this holier-than-thou yep, yep, being. Yep. But this is where God give us a help me in exactly. our life, that we're supposed to, they're supposed to bear some of our weights exactly. and say, listen, you, you can bear it all with me exactly. and without judgment or exactly. condemnation. Wow, that's so, powerful. Yeah, so that's... it's great that when you find a godly woman mm-hmm. or a woman, if you find a godly yep. man, that you found a good thing. Yep, and gives so you freedom. It does, it yep. does. And and you should never feel condemned yep. when you're around them. So that, that's great. I love to hear that testimony. Uh, so let me ask you this. When did you know it was time for you to step out by faith? And how did God speak to you and Valentin about launching this ministry in your own country? Man, um, you know, I had mentors in my life that saw where God was leading me. And a, a lot of what I did was, um, you know, I, I seek counsel. I, I, I knew that God was calling me to ministry at, uh, at you know, full-time ministry, but I didn't know to what capacity. Mm-hmm. And so I seek out my mentors, and they were like, I had a heart for people outside the four walls. That I, I mean, I was the associate pastor of one of the growing church in Belize City, but my heart would break when I go to other churches that did not have half of what we had wow. or, or did not have the resource to reach their community. And I would do everything that I can to make sure that those villages were resourced to reach their community. So I knew that I was called to, yeah. to you know, and then I went to Bible college and, you know, every, every graduate of Bible college, you're ordained as a pastor. And I told them, I said, I'm not a pastor and you guys better not put me in a church or else you will kill me. And so they gave me, I, I was the first licensed evangelist okay. with my organization. And so, um, you know, it, it has always been a drive to help outside. And so the Lord, the Lord directed me, I mean, uniquely, precisely, uh, strategically, mm-hmm. you know. And, and when I came and I sat down and I interned in North Carolina, my mentor helped me to navigate those and say, okay, Derek, this is what it's going to look like when you go back. Um, set me up for success. Mm-hmm. And so when I went back to Belize, I wasn't married as yet. And when I went back, I knew I was going to get married. I already had the girl in mind. You know that, Nathan. Yes. Um, so I went back, I got married, and she was a banker. And so I talked to her and I told her, okay, this is what the Lord is leading us to do. And she's like, all right, I'm all in with you. She quit her job and we both. And from there, it's history. We trusted the Lord Amen. every step of the way. You know, um, starting off the ministry with money out of our pocket, mm-hmm. you know, to start feeding kids and, and, and the rest has become history. And I'll, I'll pretty much, I know you probably have a question for me to share yeah, on sure. how, how, our, how our ministry is going now. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about more of this for sure because there's so much, there's so many things that you guys are doing. If you were at Destiny Christian Center a few weeks back, uh, you would have heard this testimony of, of Evangelist Derrickson. He's going he's gonna to break it down here and maybe in the next segment uh, down the road. But let me ask you this. What are some of the greatest memories that you have seen and witnessed through God Cares Outreach. And, and, and with that question, there's a second question. Where do you see God Cares Outreach 
at the next five Man, years. Man, to talk about some of the things that um, we have witnessed and, and some of the amazing things that we have seen, it's, it's too numerous. Mm. Um, but as you, as you talk, um, you know, I graduated from a Muslim school. Um, and, and this Muslim school was strategically placed in my community mm-hmm. because we lived in the poorest community and they offered the cheapest Wow. education. So most parents would enroll their kids in this school. And so I had, I had to go to the school, you know, and I graduated from that school. Um, and so when, when, when we first started ministry, it was in this community. And so we start getting kids from, from the schools that couldn't afford to buy a meal in the afternoon. They would come to a church. And then if I give you the story on how we got that church and how we were able to re-energize, revitalize that church that was shut down to what it is now. That's a whole next door. But, you know, the kids would come in from both schools, one from a Catholic school and one from this Muslim school. Um, Now, when the kids come in from the Muslim school, they were considered a more rowdist, but I relate with them because they are my people. And so when they came in, you know, we would, would, before we uh, eat the meal, we would bless the meal. And so we would say, let's pray for our meal. And then they will open up in this Muslim prayer. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. And, and that is all that they were taught because in the home, they were not being taught how to pray. Mm-hmm. You know? And so all they knew was this Muslim prayer. So when they came to, the, to our feeding program, we said, this is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven and have all these kids, 50 kids learning this. Not only that, but the, the Muslim school saw what we were doing in that community and knew that I was a graduate of that school. I'm just sharing one of the mm. testimony. Said, Derek, can you be our uh, uh, guest speaker for our graduation? I said, of course. I, and I, I told the principal, I said, but I know when you talk about graduation, you're talking about how I got from where I am to where, from where I was to where I am now. And I got to tell you, there is no way that I could have done that without God. And there is no way that I can speak to these students without saying this. I went to that graduation, Nathan. The imam and all the the, the Muslim brothers were there. I stood up there and I let the kids know. I said, listen, this is all that I'm doing, but I could not have any of these success without my personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. I mean, at the Muslim school. But not only that, Nathan, at the end of that ceremony, our ministry was able to pass out 10 scholarships to students to go to a secondary school. Oh, wow. you, you know, that meant, that, that meant so much to me because I watched some of these kids grow up in our ministry to the place that they are now to see them propel into, in, into greater success. Wow. I, I, I was looking at mini Derricks and just talking about it right now bring tears to my sure. eyes because here are some generational curse that is being broken because someone was willing to invest the time. My Somebody goodness. was willing to go back and, and, and not, not shy away from what God was calling them to do. No, whenever we're on the streets, man, I would see kids just running from all over the place. Mr. Derrick, Mr. Derrick, here is, here is my, my, my report card. Here oh, is my, wow. my, my certificate. You know, I, I mean, that in itself mm-hmm. has blessed my heart. And then to see community transformation, communities that were considered to be gang, gang uh, infested and all of that, to be community, to be known that something good can come from yeah. it. 
I mean, it, it all comes from the power of God and somebody saying, yes, Lord, you can use me. Mm-hmm. So those, those are just few. I could go on and sure. on That's about good. awesome things that we have seen. But when you asked that question, that was the first thing that came to my mind, mm-hmm. that I was, I was able to go back to my school that I came from that was a Muslim school and share my testimony about Jesus Christ. And I know that rocked their world, but the more important thing beside that was to give away 10 scholarships to students to continue their secondary education you know so, so where do you where do you see kind of backing on this question where do you see your ministry because right now you're hands-on mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. there's many ministries out that are just built around four walls yep. but yours is basically outside of the exactly. four walls. so in that being said where do you see god god cares outreach in the next five years well you know as a ministry work we exist to work alongside the local church and mm-hmm. equipping and resourcing them to reach their community with the love of christ and so in the next five years, I see our ministry being the ministry, the go-to ministry okay. when it comes to community transformation and um, outreaches. So whenever you think about, hey, how can we reach this community with the love of Christ? God cares outreach will pop up in your mind. These guys could help us out. These guys could get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything that 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 the church deem important to reach their community, we want to come alongside them and shape that into accomplishing the Great Commission. Man, you know, you mentioned something. It's it's still sticking in my head here. Um, now I know here in the United States, um, the numbers of children right now who are fatherless. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned about you had a father up until twelve years old, mm-hmm. but yet he was a not really a father mm-hmm. that you were needing. And and so I know the statistics are staggering. And just in the last 30, 40 years in the United States, even with the African American culture, but not just with them, throughout the white community, the Hispanic community, the fatherless is is becoming rampant. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to talk. What what is the numbers really based in the country of Belize? Give our viewers or listeners Man, right I now. I could I could probably give you a ratio. Mm-hmm. So like to every every ten families, there is like two fathers in the home. Wow. So it's like an eight to two ratio, right? Fatherlessness is a huge thing in our country. Hence the reason our gang population, our teenage mm-hmm. pregnancy, our high school dropout, um, suicidal rate is because the fathers are not in the home. Wow. You know, mo- either most of the fathers are being killed or they're in the prison, mm-hmm. you know. And so that fatherlessness is a huge thing in the country of Belize. Hence the reason I believe the scripture even say in the last days, yeah. we will turn the hearts of the father to the children. Because God probably seen it before, seen yeah. it ahead that in the, you know, these times fatherlessness is a real, real, wow. a real issue. Well, I want you to do, we're going to come to a close here in just a minute. Uh, but I want, I want you to talk to someone who may be listening right now who has been where you've been. The, mm-hmm. You know, they may be watching from the United States or maybe watching it from the islands or maybe watching it from the country over on the, from Africa. Right now I got people watching from Moscow. Wow. Uh, um, yeah, Moscow, Russia. Wow. And uh, in Ireland. So maybe there's somebody that's watching right now or listening that has grew up their whole life with no father. Mm-hmm. And they're just to the point where they're thinking to themselves, you know, I've had no father for this mm-hmm. long. And, mm-hmm. and when I hear that he's a good father, mm-hmm. that makes no sense to me yep. because I don't know what a good father yep. is. Yep. Could you speak a word of hope to somebody Amen. who may be watching yep. right now yep. the why they need to turn to Jesus yep. now? Man, um, you know, when I look back in my life and I, I question, I say, God, why is it that my father wasn't in my life? And 
oftentimes will come to my mind that what if my father was in my life? I probably would not be where, I'm at, where, where I am today. And we might say, oh, God, did God do that? I don't know. But what I do, I do trust him. Because he said, I was the one who formed you in your mother womb. I gave you a purpose. I gave you a plan. I gave you an expected end. And so you might be struggling with a fatherlessness right now in your life. I want you to know that our God, he is the father of all fathers. He, he said, you know what? If your earthly father know how to give good gift, how much more will your heavenly father give you if you only ask? And you know, yes, there might be a void, there might be a gap, but God is able to fill that gap. Yes. God is able to send you spiritual fathers that will love you, that will direct you. I mean, I have so many spiritual fathers in my life that God have sent that speak to my life at different levels that I mean was really a blessing to me. So I want to encourage you right now, man. Just reach out to him and say, God, I don't have my father. I don't know what it is to be, to, to, to have, you know, a, a kick a soccer ball with my father. But God, can you love me like my father? Can you love me even better than my father? And he will, he will, he will, he will. He is the father to the fatherless. And he's going to love you like no other man can love you. Amen. Yep. Amen. I hope you receive that if you're watching this or listening to this, uh, because I know there's so much hopelessness in our world that we need to know that there is one true thing that we yep. can have hope in, and that yep. is Jesus Christ. Yeah. He what said, I will never leave you, and I'm, not, I'm never going to forsake you. Never. Never. To understand that that's hope for tomorrow, that even when you're in your lowest of lows, that he'll be there Amen. just from one cry out to Amen. Him. So Amen. that's such a good testimony, Derek. I wanted you to share that with us today, and I'm so thankful that you were transparent enough to tell us about the hardships and the and the upbringings that you went through, and Always. it's such a blessing. So as we close, can you help those that are listening and watching that maybe even considering wanting to partner up with God Cares Outreach? Could you walk them through what what's some of the things that you would tell somebody? Hey, I want to be a I want to be a partner with you. Man, well, there are, mul there are multiple ways that you could be a partner with us. I mean, you know, you could join a mission. You could join a mission team, come and visit Belize and volunteer alongside us. You could even, you know, sow a seed into our ministry. Um, our website is um, God Cares. God cares with a s outreach.org and you could go up there and you could see some of the stuff that we're doing and and be a part of that you know one of the most important thing that we do need though is your prayer that you know that that generational curse will be broken false religion will be broken that God will send volunteers and and resource for us to be able to do what God have called us to do in the nation of Belize and you could you know go on our website you could find me on Facebook and we could talk if there is something that God probably is laying on your heart specifically specifically that you want to do alongside us. Awesome. I'll have this on, on our podcast as well for you to click on the link. It'll be on our YouTube page as well. So if you have any more information that you want to ask Derek or Valentine about, they will get back Amen. with you. So I'm so thankful next week. I, I'm so excited about the next episode of next week. We're going to, we started tapping into some of it yeah. about generational curses and about some things. We're going to really tap into spiritual warfare yeah. next week. So we appreciate you for taking the time and watching us this week on Bridging the Gap. And God bless you, and we'll hope to see you next week. Bless you guys. Thank you, Nathan.